You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, welcome to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You, news edition. I'll be your host today, Taken Flight. That's the call sign I gave my ego. And I'll be joined today by the Flying Dutchman. Hiya, how are ya? Hey man, pretty good, how are you doing? Oh, pretty shitty, but don't worry about me, I'm doing just fine. So, I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to talk about taking to the skies. Because honestly, there is a lot going on right now. And I think that that is... Even uh, <laughs> to say that there's a lot going on right now is is not giving enough credence to how much is going on right now. So let's move right into uh, today's first story, which is the NTSB is finally confirming that there are only three drone collisions in the United States. And in the wake of reporters saying, hey, wait, that was a drone collision, it really makes you think how many of these reported drone collisions were actually just birds. Hi, I know that on this story we're kind of preliminary a little bit, but what are you seeing? What do you have on this particular story? Because there is a lot of fear in the market that drones are just hitting everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, just to give you an example, I spoke to somebody uh, a couple of months ago who actually researched all the reports that were taking place in the UK. And he said that it only it only takes a, a pilot or a crew member to report something that they officially seen. And then it's already documented without any evidence. And of course, the media always picks this up. They write these stories about possible drone sightings, possible drone incidents, possible drone collisions. And a lot of times it's, there's no real evidence. And I think this, uh, what Bill English uh, from the NTSB showed this week during the FEA symposium, really goes to show that confirmed drone accidents with other aircraft, manned aircraft in the United States, there's only been three so far. There are a few more of them that are suspicious and where they suspect that drones might have played a role, but there's no evidence. And then, of course, you get this whole slew of sensational stories. And we just had another one this week about drone sightings and possible drone incidents, but without any real evidence. And uh, yeah, there's only three so far. That's that's the main takeaway from his presentation, really. Definitely. I think another takeaway from that presentation might have been the fact that when it comes to suspected collisions, that bird strikes can look just like drone strikes. And without actually doing the necessary investigative measures, it might be impossible to determine whether it's a drone or whether it's a bird. And oftentimes, until we get down to the micron level, we're not going to know. And Haya, I think that's really awesome to know. So for the next time that we see, oh, look, there was a drone that crashed, we'll be able to say, pump the brakes. Uh, Science says not, not so fast. But that brings us to our next story. When you talk about uncorroborated stories, when you talk about stories or pieces or documents and data that's not backed up by evidence, well, Haya, we've got another one that comes to the forefront. As one reporter said, hey, look, I see a drone. Sunday evening, um, 
Air Force One flying back from Bedminster in New Jersey back to Washington, they're landing in an airbase. And right as they approach the, the landing zone, a reporter and actually m- multiple witnesses claim that they have seen something cross-shaped, yellow and black, if I'm not mistaken, that they think would have been a drone. And one of the reporters, his name is Sebastian Smith. He works for the French press. He said that, hey, uh, I'm no drone expert, but I think I might have seen a drone. He saw a, a small object remarkably close to the president's airplane. So this drone supposedly was right off off to the side of the airplane and slightly below the airplane. Now, I don't know exactly at what speed these airplanes come in when they land, but I suspect it's probably at least over 200 miles an hour. So if you're looking through the side window of an airplane, like a passenger window, it'd be real hard to see anything as small as a drone at those speeds. But nonetheless, I mean, going back real quick to Bill English's presentation, I mean, three confirmed cases. If you think about the hundreds of thousands of drones that are out there in the United States, and the hours and hours and hours of flight time that people are making, basically, it still goes to show that drones or unmanned aviation is by far the safest form of aviation. So I think people should keep that in the back of their mind when they read these sensational stories about this one with uh, President Trump on board of the airplane and then flying that close, supposedly, to a drone. Keep that in mind, that drones are still by far the most safe form of aviation out there. Millions of drones, Haya. Millions of drones. I think well, I think the most recent report I read was like 9.2 or 9.3 million drone sales by DJI alone in the United States over the last 10 years, something like that. And yet, I think there's only 180,000 commercial pilots. Makes you really wonder what's really going on out there. Yeah. Brings us to our next story, which is actually kind of positive as I try to remember what we're talking about. That's right. You remember that guy back in the beginning of the coronavirus who was showing us just how many people were actually dying? Do you remember those photos of seeing all those caskets? And do you remember the man's drone was confiscated? Well, looks like there may be a piece of good news. A highlight at the end of the rainbow. Haya, what's going on? Yeah, this is uh, George Steinmetz, and he's a famous photographer for National Geographic, New York Times, and and he got really well known and kind of made uh, his claim to fame using paragliders uh, in all parts of the world and then taking aerial uh, photos. And this was well before drones were common ground, so he was already breaking the way, basically, with aerial photography. Uh, He's well known and he's still very active. So at the beginning of the coronavirus, when New York and New York City specifically was hit really hard, they needed a place to bury all the dead people, all the victims, basically, of COVID-19. And Hart Island, which is a uh, little-known island slightly to the northeast of Manhattan, I believe it's actually part of the Bronx, which is still New York City, that's where they've buried tons and tons of people. I think it's over one million people that have been buried there probably in the last 100, 150 years. And they've also buried victims of COVID-19 on that island. So George Steinmetz, the journalist, photographer that he is, he went out there and flew his drone. And the problem is when you're flying a drone in New York City, you're not allowed to take off and land your drone. And if you do so, then you break a a city law, basically. And in this case, he was stopped by the NYPD. They happened to be close by, miraculously, unmarked car, I believe. Police officers dressed in regular clothing, so no official uniform. And they actually took possession of his DJI Mavic 2 Pro drone. 
didn't just take the memory card. They took the entire drone, which I don't know if that's what they needed to do, but whatever. Uh, Steinmetz actually went ahead and bought two new Mavic 2 drones because he needs to be able to keep working. And this was going to be a case that was going to then be addressed in August, which it just happened uh, early this week that we learned that he got his drone back from the NYPD. The case was dismissed. They dropped it. No charges. I think he might have had a desk ticket. I'm not actually quite sure how much that would have been. But let's say he came off with a slap on the wrist and that's it. So in the end, good story. I think what mattered is he he was able to record video. He was able to take photos of what was going on and get that out into the world to kind of show people what's going on. I think that's important, especially in times of crisis. So in my mind, it was well worth the trouble he had to go through. And luckily, he got his drone back. Honestly, it's really inspiring and motivating to hear the a good end to this story because a lot of people were questioning the validity of seizing the drone. So honestly, I think that this is really awesome that at a time when and in a country where we believe in the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press, uh, it's so important and critical um, that we retain these human rights, frankly. And uh, I honestly am really empowered to hear that he got his drone back because it goes to show that, hey, if you do the right thing, you're going to be all right. So now when we talk about doing the right thing, well, trying to find someone who does the right thing on Twitter might just be the hardest search on the Internet, Haya. And after watching one particular Twitter battle go down, well, it seems like Skydio has its eyes set on targeting DJI as they got in. I, I can't even believe this was on Twitter. So for everyone who doesn't know what's going on, will you break it down for us? Yeah, uh, actually, I was, I was just writing articles and I saw this whole discussion kind of develop. And it was interesting because as you might have seen, uh, DJI posted this video with Red Bull where you have Johnny FPV flying his drone. And of course, that guy is an amazing pilot. So he was able to get some awesome shots. And Brendan Schumann, who's from DJI, as we all know, he commented on that and said, well, hey, autonomy isn't replacing this visual and flight artistry anytime soon. And of course, Skydio being who they are, they jumped right on it and said, well, hey, Flying a drone isn't always easy. We got this great autonomous drone that flies itself pretty much. And look what you could do with that. To which Brandon then responded in turn and said, well, hey, uh, check out this video from 2018 where they showcase APAS, which is the obstacle avoidance system or pilot assistance system, I think it's called officially, that uh, was first introduced with the DJI Mavic 2 Pro and Zoom drones. However, that video was a, um, how do you say, the computer generated uh, image. So it wasn't an actual real video. Of course, Skydio picked up on that as well. So they were like, hey, look at our video. And this is an actual video. So DJI, if you want to come back to us, then show us some real footage. And then the discussion turned a little bit, which kind of made sense. And I think also was expected from Brandon. He pointed out that under the FAA rules, autonomous drones, fully autonomous drones and flying fully autonomous is not officially allowed. You have to have a pilot with his fingers on the sticks, ready and able to take control of the unmanned aircraft. So in the end, I think uh, Brandon still uh, came out on top, but it was interesting to kind of see them battle uh, in real time on Twitter. And of course, I have to point out that DJI has been under fire for the last couple of years, first of all, from the US government and then different lawmakers. I mean, we've seen that happen about uh, data security, but also more recently from the French drone maker Paris. I mean, they've used uh, in their campaign all these 
images where they say, oh, do you trust Chinese made drones? So oh, can you trust drones from DJI? So there's been this whole thing ongoing. And now, of course, Skydio jumped on that same bandwagon and it was fun. I think it was all done in, in good spirits. Uh, it was fun to see this happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, you have to say, though, Brendan knows this stuff. So if it comes down to legal things and FEA rules, you better come prepared to uh, to battle with him. Honestly, that's one thing I really like about Brendan is that yeah. as a family member of many lawyers, I really appreciate Brendan's tact, too. He's very he's very strategic in how he speaks. But I would chalk this up, frankly. You know, like you said, the division has been reaped and sowed between the Americans and the Chinese. And it seems yeah. like the American government is really getting against Chinese drones. Meanwhile, there is not an American-made drone or a drone without Chinese parts that can actually do anything close to a DJI drone for anything close to the price of a DJI drone. And I mean, if they were to do that, I really think that they would kill the drone industry rather quickly. But I have to say, chalking this up, Brendan stood up for drone pilots. This is not about China yep. versus the U.S. This is about understanding where companies are trying to take their products. And Brendan, uh, one of the messages I love that Brendan wrote was, it's really easy to understand. I, and I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm mixing words here, mincing words. Uh, this is not exactly what he said, just kind of like what reading between the lines. But essentially, you cannot fly autonomously. You are not replacing the pilot. There is no way to do that legally in the current regulatory system. And I think that that, honestly, every drone pilot should be thanking Brennan Shulman for standing up to that because it's clear as glass that Skydio is really headed that way. They are trying to create a drone that doesn't need a pilot. I don't know, Haya. This is just kind of seems like a frivolous pursuit. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure if I agree 100%, though, because a law and a legal system in general is always following what's happening in reality, right? Stuff happens first, then they make laws and make rules or they change laws and rules. So for Skydio to come up with a drone that can actually fly autonomously kind of forces the discussion to take place. Okay, should we be allowing this and can we allow this? So, yeah, I think they're a little ahead of their times because flying fully autonomous is not allowed. And clearly that's what they're pushing with the drone. And also, if you look at their commercial drone that they're trying to offer, where basically it's a drone in a box that you can set at a construction site and, and have it like record and monitor the site uh, every single day and report back. Technically or legally, that's not yet allowed. But maybe in the future, the rules might be different. The laws might be different. And maybe at that point, we will have drones that do that kind of work. Well, I think it would be beneficial to have autonomous drones that were overseen by humans. You know, you said we've got it's forcing the question of should the regulatory environment change? I would say isn't COVID forcing the question of maybe we should be focusing less on business efficiency and more on people, more on humans, more on relationships, more on balance of life between work and home. I do agree with you though that it does force the question regulatory of, you know, maybe we should be thinking about this that also assumes that the people making regulations actually understand how drones fly and operate. And I think that's not the case. That we know that they don't. And then to put something even more advanced on them, I mean, come on, that's a double negative. Like it's not going to work out well. And meanwhile, drone pilots lose. So Skydio, uh, you know, you guys, you make some cool stuff, but at some point it's time to get real. Seriously. Uh, I think it was in good spirits, and I hope that uh, everyone 
can speak amicably afterwards, Haya. But what a cluster, man. I mean, like, uh, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I don't think we should be trying to eliminate pilots or VOs, though, or be trusting the FAA to make decisions on how to do that when they refuse to learn the practical operations of drones themselves. I mean, what's the fun in flying drones if you're not flying yourself anymore, right? I mean, uh, I, I understand for tedious, repetitive work, then, yeah, autonomy uh, has its place and its benefits. But, I mean, I think most people who want to fly drones, they're attracted because of the flying aspect. They want to control that drone. They want to fly it. They want to, well, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, I don't see that going away anytime soon either. Yeah, I don't either. And honestly, it may work kind of hard to ensuring that the pilot stays behind the sticks because, you know, it's humans that founded aviation and it'll be humans that continue aviation. And the love of flight has really helped a lot of people in this world. And at some point we have to ask ourselves, at what point are we just hurting society? So anyway, that brings us to our next story, Haya, which I appreciate the conversation with you. As I believe radical candor and having these conflicting conversations is really imperative to coming up with objective, uh, really thought processes on both sides of an argument, right? Anyone who's intelligent should be able to really argue both sides of an argument well. And I appreciate the opportunity to do that with you, Haya. Awesome. Same here. What's next? Where are we going? <laughs> hey, I was just going to say one of like turning this into a positive. One of my absolute favorite products is getting a revamp, Haya. And uh, for those of us who, who don't know yeah. what is going on, what leak came out today to get us all excited? A pretty cool picture of what seems to be a new DJI Ronin. And I think for the people that have used Ronin products in the past, you have the Ronin S, which is great, but it's a bit heavy. It works really, really well. Um, it's more expensive than the newer model that DJI released uh, in the middle of the summer back in 2019, the Ronin SC. And that is a more nimble, smaller, lighter, cheaper uh, version of the Ronin S. Also has better tracking capabilities. But I think, as you pointed out back then when you got one, uh, Paul, it's not so easy to balance your camera. And you kind of have to watch out not to drop your camera. So it's good in some ways, but it's not as great as the original Ronin in other ways. Now... Earlier today, uh, Osita LV, the uh, trustworthy leaker for all DJI uh, stuff, basically, over the last couple of years, he posted a picture of a DJI Ronin gimbal, and it says RS2 on the side. So we're not quite sure if this is a next-generation Ronin S or whether it's an entirely new Ronin gimbal product. I know if you look at Porsche 911s, for instance, they have the RS moniker for REN Sport, meaning the more technically advanced, lightweight sports cars that they make. And I would just love the idea of DJI coming out with a new Ronin, an RS model, if you will, that has all the features, but is super lightweight, is all up to date in terms of tracking capabilities and whatnot, and then still at a competitive price. So that's what I'm hoping for here. We're not quite sure, but it says RS on the site. So, I mean... Fingers crossed for this to be a new version where they get the best of both existing Ronin products and kind of combine it into something new. I honestly think it's exciting. The Ronin S is my favorite gimbal, but I can't stand the Ronin SC. Just for like, yeah. like I wish they would actually take some of the things off of the SC and put it on the Ronin S, but keep the structure yeah. or infrastructure of the Ronin S. Those super torquey, powerful motors just make balancing cameras so easy. I mean, we use our Ronin S almost every single, I'll be honest, every single week, okay? And yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite tools. Even when I go out 
and shoot a ranch job, which luckily those are picking back up. I use it myself. It's the best yep. camera tool you can have as a single shooter or even as a small team. So I think this is really exciting because DJI is starting to move into products that are practical for a much wider audience than just yeah. the drone industry. And those people also have a different attitude regarding these products. And honestly, it's a, uh, it's a nice uh, reprieve. It's a nice delight. It's something fun to watch and enjoy. Yeah, and real quick, I mean, um, we're still expecting a number of products to be uh, hitting the market from DJI this calendar year. So the Mavic 3, we're not expecting to see until late January next year. There's one product that we're going to be seeing soon, hopefully, that I can talk about. Then we have the Ronin RS2 that I think might be coming to the market in, let's say, September, October. And then, of course, we have the rumors DJI FPV drone. Sorry, I didn't hear you there. (laughs) Don't let me interrupt you, Haya. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just trying to see if I can get the box here that uh, I can't show you guys. Oh, he's got to reach for it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and in my state, that's not super easy. But uh, yeah, there's, there's something hitting the market pretty soon. And it's not going to get you excited, but some people will like it. Oh, well, thanks for being honest with me, Haya. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> don't want to get your hopes up. doesn't fly. I can tell you that much. I don't want to interrupt you, though, regarding other products that we're expecting to see. Because I interrupted you right as you said the DJI FPV drone. Are we expect, like, I would like you to continue on as far as what other products we're expecting to see, but really quick, this DJI FPV drone, is this more of like a Cinewhoop drone or is this more of like an FPV drone? There's not that much information out there yet. I mean, I'm waiting back for two people to get back to me early or this week still. So hopefully we'll be able to report on this more. Here's the thing, right? I mean, A lot of FPV drone pilots, they want to solder and make their own custom drones. And I don't think DJI is looking to compete with that crowd. I think those people, they want to make their own drones. They want to fly their own drones. I don't think that that's what DJI is going after. I think what they're going after are the people who want to get that FPV sensation of flying drones. I mean, we've seen that they implemented that with the uh, the Mavic as well, where you can fly in, in airplane mode or FPV mode, whatever they call it. And I can see that they might come out with a more dedicated drone just for that particular flying style. And if you look at a DJI Mavic Air 2, that's a very capable drone for not a lot of money, really. And I think if they take some of the best bits and pieces of that drone and make a more Cinewhoop style drone, uh, purely focused on FPV flying, doesn't have a complicated um, gimbal camera setup is way way more sturdy which is also what's indicated in a one leaked photo where you see a pixelated picture of that supposedly new dji fpv drone it's all muddy so obviously they crashed it so it must be crash resistant that picture by the way also shows part of a prop that has three blades which is like the signature blade design for fpv drones the question i have really is that we already have the dji fpv goggles that stuff doesn't come cheap. So if you get those goggles and you get a controller and you get a drone, is that still going to be a uh, attractively priced package? Or are we now talking 1500 bucks? I think if it gets too expensive, it's not going to work. I think once you go over $1,000, it becomes too expensive. Then there are too many other options. But let's say if you can get well below $1,000, let's say the $600, $700 range for goggles, controller, and an FPV-style drone from DJI that's ready to fly right out of the box so you don't need to build anything if you're not into that stuff and get you that fpv flying sensation then i think they might be onto something so we'll, we'll have to see there are more questions by the way like is this going to have for instance the adsb in 
security system. The DJI said, hey, this is going to be part of every drone weighing over 250 grams as of January 2020. I doubt that it would be. And there's other things that I'm not sure that are going to be part of this drone. But if it's a dressed down FPV drone with HD goggles that is easy to fly and gets you that sensational flight experience, then I think they're onto something. Yeah, they definitely could be serving a certain segment or the market or even expanding the FPV market. But I will just say, because I've had the FPV air unit now for about three or four months, and I've really been having some fun with it. In fact, I'll have to remind myself to send our editor some videos of just last week with our Cinewhoop drone flying through logs, literally. So much fun. And I understand why the FPV guys like to build themselves. Because, for example, I had a Banggood iFlight, like the first edition, totally dusted the thing. And I just bought a new, like, you know, bottom frame piece to it and replaced that on my old frame. And voila, I was good to go and flying again. And, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's just so much fun to be able to crash your vehicle and then just go fix it. You know, with DJI drones right now with the Phantoms and all that, you really can't do that. And so I understand where the FPV crowd is coming from. I also see the value if DJI created a drone like what you're talking about and it had bumpers around it, like you could really crash it into things without an issue. I could see things like the low-key drone going out of business because, frankly... DJI is just so far ahead on avionics, it's really not funny. And even today when I saw Chris Anderson tweet that he was so proud that the PX4 system was the brain of all of the five drones that were available to the military, I found that actually kind of disheartening because very familiar with the the downfalls of that flight controller. And uh, Herewind has done such a good job of taking that even further and adding a truly competitive American product. But with, you know, what we all need to realize is that that flight controller is built in South Korea, you know, and motors for all these drones, ESCs are still coming from China. At what point are we going to get wise and just say, look, you can fly DJI drones without a security risk and you have to do certain things and, and that's okay. But also let's call a spade a spade here and say, these drones that you're calling American are not really American, <laughs> you know? And all of that to be said, I think that there's a, tying this all back into FPV, I think that there's a really great opportunity to continue building the love of flight in this country. If DJI is successful in bringing a convenient, easy, and robust solution to FPV, well, Haya, we may see a lot more people taking to the skies, and that may actually be very good for the American drone market. Yeah, but just to continue a little bit, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a um, Autel Evo 2, DJI Mavic 2 Pro, DJI Mavic Air 2, DJI Phantom 4 Pro, and I flew them back to back right here uh, over the Hudson River. And the Autel is way heavier and has a lot less grip in the air. So when you come in full speed, you want to turn the brakes on. It just keeps shooting forward, basically. So it became really obvious that how a drone flies and how intuitive it is and how quickly it responds to your inputs makes a huge difference in how easy it is to fly and also the kind of 
aerial maneuvers you can do with that drone. And then going back even further, looking at the Parrot and Avi, for instance, or even the Skydio uh, drones, they don't all fly as well as DJI drones do. Most of the DJI products, they fly really, really intuitively, really easily, and you can pretty much hand the controls to almost anybody within reason and say, here, try this out. And if it's a safe environment, they'll be able to figure out how to fly that drone pretty quickly. So for DJI to come out with an FPV drone, I think it's a great opportunity. I think the drone will probably fly like crazy. It will probably be a, a ton of fun to fly, but it might also bring a lot of new people into the FPV environment who then later on will start building their own drones and customizing their drones and really get into that style. And that's something I've seen happening anyway. And I think that's great. I mean, the more people we can get into drone flying, the bigger this, this environment becomes, the better off we all are, I think. Definitely. Couldn't agree more, Haya. And on that bombshell, that's going to do it for us today in this week's news edition. Haya, thanks again for joining me today and bringing all these stories to light. Really do appreciate it. Excited to see you again next week. And also really excited to see you again next week because I believe tomorrow you're getting on your feet. Is that right? Yeah, finally, after six weeks of sitting on this couch, pretty much, I'll be starting physical therapy. So, woo! <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I'm excited for you, buddy. I really am. Thank you. Appreciate it, Paul. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully we can go skateboarding again one more time. But anyway, uh, we didn't. I thought we skated when you were out here. No? Yeah, no. Let, let's go wakeboarding. Let's do something else. Oh, on the water. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safer. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. I think Pink just made wake surfing famous too, but whatever. Haya, either way, honestly, I'm excited for you. I'm glad you're getting out of that couch, uh, and hopefully we can move on with some of the projects we wanted to do. But, uh, you know, podcasting with you is a lot of fun. So thanks again, my friend. Same here, man. Thank you. Appreciate being on the show again. Me too. And guys, if you appreciate Haya, if you appreciate what he brings to the table or what we bring to the table, don't be afraid to leave a review or smash that subscribe button to break that keyboard, whatever it takes, understand that a little bit of gratitude goes a long way for us. And that little social gratitude, well, it means the world to us too. So thank you again for joining us. My name is Paul, also known as Taken Flight, and he is the Flying Dutchman. This is Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform inspire and entertain we reject indecision confusion and vanity for they work against the community we are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge we are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness we are pilots videographers photographers freelancers business owners enthusiasts experts and apprentices we are creators we are the drone youth